Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Let's get back to the Scores Miller Lite Top Draft Show, live from Kenny's Irish Pub in Countryside with Gabe Ramirez and Mark Grody. Brought to you by Miller Lite. It's Miller time on Sports Radio 670, The Score. Always live on the free Odyssey app. I know you've been listening to the score for almost 24 hours straight now because that's what you do when you when the Bears win. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> Just Absolutely. Like, give me as much Bears information. I want to know everything. I want to know what they did after the game. I want to know where they ate at. I want to know what music they were playing in the locker room when they won. I'm nosy. When Molly and Patrick Manley went off the air last night, I was yeah. like, hey, hey, where'd they go? Hey, 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 hey. More. more. Like my daughter, I teach her sign language. More. Yeah, yeah. That's like your two hands yeah, together. I want more bears. Yes, yes. And that's what we're giving you right here at the Middle of Life Top Draft Show. Again, we are live, man, at Countryside till 9 o'clock. If you guys are hanging out, you already fed the kids, you're looking to grab a beer before you go to bed, how about a nice cold Middle of Life over here at Kenny's Irish Pub in Countryside? All right, to talk a little bit more bears, because we know that's what you want, joining us from the Chicago Sun-Times, on the Circuit Resort and Casino Hotline, Circuit Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book, we get the chance to talk to Mark Potash. How are you, Mark? I'm doing great, Gabe. How you doing? Fantastic. Uh, so, I mean, what, did you take the day off and you're just like, oh, Bears Victory Tuesday? Or did you? <laughs> no, not quite. It's right. another day of work at Hell's Hall uh, today. So uh, just a little bit easier when they win. So uh, not a problem. Did you go? Did you? Was your mouth open the whole time, Mark? Like you were just so surprised, or were you like some of the Chicago Bear faithful that you had hoped that this was a possibility? The Bears could put together a game like this. Well, I'll tell you, there's um, there's so much mediocrity in the NFL today. I guess you call it parody if you want to be nice, but there's so much parody, let's say, in the NFL that really, literally, anything could happen. Except for, I guess, except for the worst team beating either either the Chiefs or the Bills. But other than that, any, uh, any, any result is really not uh, – it might be unexpected, but not surprising. So, yeah, you know, I predicted the, the uh, Patriots to win by 10 games. I've seen too many games against the Patriots where, you know, uh, uh, they've been with Tom Brady, but still where it's just been a blowout. And so uh, that was, you know, that was easy to predict, but uh, that, it, that it didn't work out that way. And if there is a surprising thing, it was just how complete it was. That was the impressive thing. That's, that's the impressive thing long term, I think, for the Bears. This was not a fluke. This was, uh, this was pretty complete. Um, this was uh, offense, defense, special teams. This was overcoming 
a big uh, momentum surge that the that the Patriots had when Zappi came in and immediately got him a touchdown and gave him the lead. Uh, they did everything right on the road in a big game, and I think that was probably that was the eye-opening thing. Was uh, uh, there's no such thing I think as any any single defining game or turning point. But uh, this was as close as you can come to that uh, for the, for these Bears in this in a rebuilding year. There is no doubt about it, and the question that I've been asking, I, I think it's a big question: is did is last night the template now for Justin Fields and that Bears offense? Well, that is a good question because the Bears don't necessarily control that, and I think we'll see that right away. Um, you know, on uh, on Sunday, uh, you know, against the Cowboys, because you know teams will respond now to what the Bears have done, and that was the most interesting facet of the game. That was by far uh, Luke Getzey's best game plan. It was the best executed game plan. It was the best conceived game plan, and it threw something at a well-coached team that they were not prepared for. That's good coaching. That's good preparation. That's making good use of your mini buy. Now it's out there. Now it's on film. Now they know what to expect. And it's an interesting facet, the idea that the Bears have used uh, designed runs for for Justin Fields is an interesting thing because that's something that even though it's on tape, a team, this is something where you can kind of zig when the other team zags. You know, now now that your opposition, like the Cowboys, they will respond to that. But unlike like a hot receiver or a hot running back, now the Bears will have an opportunity to anticipate what they're going to do and go and, and try and, and 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 like I said, zig when they zag and and uh, and let's see how successful they are there. That will really be telling. That will tell you how much how big of a game this last one was is how well they do in this one because they're facing a good defensive team that will be able to respond to what they did. And this won't be a surprise anymore. And uh, and now we'll see how well it works because that's what it's all about with these quarterbacks, these great quarterbacks. Is you know what's coming, but when it when it's Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes, you, you still can't stop it. And the Bears aren't there, aren't anywhere near there yet. But you still have to have that kind of thing in your game to be able to really be a contender. And and then that's I think that will be what we'll see, uh, you know, one way or the other uh, uh, Sunday in Dallas. We're talking to Mark Potash right here from the Chicago Sun-Times on 670 The Score during a live broadcast of Miller Lite Top Draft Show from Kenny's Irish Pub in Countryside. It's Gabe Ramirez, Mark Grody. Mark, you mentioned that, you know, you, you tweeted about the fact that General, or that Ryan, General Manager Ryan Poles is encouraged by Justin Fields' progress. Would you say the same is true for you? Well, based on the last game, sure. Uh, I just don't know how consistent he's going to be. So, yeah, you have to say, I, I think what you have to make the distinction is that he said that before the game. <laughs> I'm saying it, I'm seeing it after the game. That was the impressive thing about what he did, uh, what he did when he talked to us is because, uh, you know, if he had done that the last time they were in New England, it would have been a disaster because they lost 51-23, to and it was just an absolute abomination. So you're taking a risk in New England by doing that. And uh, and Ryan Poles did talk to us. You know, Tony didn't didn't say a whole lot of newsworthy things, but reiterated his um, his confidence in, in in his plan and what he's doing. The idea that he feels like he's given uh, he, he's uh, he's building an entire roster, not just an offense, and and feels like he can give um, Justin Fields uh, a, a fair chance to uh, to be evaluated this year. 
and 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 he came out smelling like a rose because not only was Fields really really good and 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 efficient. It wasn't like he put up like unbelievable numbers. He wasn't prolific, but he was efficient and he ran and he passed and it was and he didn't put himself in harm's way as much as as he had been. Not only that, but the two picks that he used that people wanted him to get a like a wide receiver uh, Brisker and Gordon both had interceptions and played really well. So he, uh, Brian Poles could not have looked any better, uh, I don't think, uh, after talking to the media and expressing his you know, confidence in, in Justin Fields. Um, but as far as my own confidence, I just think this is still part of a big process. And a week from now, we could be having an entirely different discussion based on how the Bears play Sunday and, and the Sunday after that. Yeah, the... The, the big win, I think, for Ryan Poles, you're just talking about that, was what they've done the last week and a half. Because when you make it such a big announcement about that, and like beforehand, because Abrams would tell us, oh, we're going we're gonna to evaluate the heck out of these guys. Three good things, three bad things. Don't and forget then we're to gonna, say mini-buy. Yeah, yeah mini-buy, mini-buy. And every okay. coach is going to have to turn in a term paper, <laughs> it essentially. I mean, it sounded god-awful, quite frankly, like it, from, from their perspective. meetings with every single player. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like, I'm like, oh, man, it's got to – like, if you're, like, a young assistant, it's like, oh, that's way too much time behind a screen. Like, I'm sure, like, some of it had to be tra- – like, that's homework, man. And so – to, to talk about that all week and then Ryan Poles be raving about it before the game is like, all right, let's see what they do with extra time against a good opponent. I don't know, good opponent, that's probably the wrong word, but an, an opponent like the Patriots on the road and they were able to deliver that and it looked like, and you don't usually see this, there certainly felt like there was a correlation between the things that they were saying for the last week and a half and the way that game went down, especially on the defense. The mysteries are great on the offense. We, we don't get many secrets told to us. But defensively, you can say, here's what you need to do. Fundamentals, hit harder, whatever the case may be, be in the right place. So I, that's a huge thumbs up to Ryan Poles' staff and Matt Eberflus and his assistants who have been receiving glowing reviews by them, by their, their biased reviews. But they, the, the coaching staff came through in a massive way this week. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. It was a really good look, and it was kind of appropriate that it was uh, in uh, at Gillette Stadium because that's where the downfall started. The last time a team really made a big deal about the bye week and the self-scouting and reevaluation and rededicating themselves was in 2014 when they lost that game 51 to 23, and they said that yeah, that was. Uh, that was Mark Trestman, and they said we're gonna, you know, we're the same exact things. We're gonna look at everything and 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 reevaluate and, and self scout. And then they came out and they were down 42 to nothing against the Packers uh, after the bye, and and we knew that was the end. This could just be the beginning. It's almost a polar opposite uh, for this for this staff because, and I've said this, you know, I, I I've seen this. This is a you know, Eberflus is a good coach. He's this is a good coaching staff, and even, they may not win a lot of games this year still, even after this win now, but. He is, you know, he is not overwhelmed. He is not in over his head. He is a head coach. You know, like probably the most successful like uh, young coach right now going podium. on is Sirianni. The the hot, he's the hot guy, and he has been the same way in Philly, where you know he gave up play calling. He just wants to be a head coach, 
And 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 Eberflus has been the same way. Did not is not calling defensive plays. Gave the reins to Allen Williams, and he wants to be a head coach. And and whether he wins or loses, there's no I have no doubt in my mind that he is a good head coach. And if he gets the quarterback right, he'll be really good. So I think that's a good sign. So yeah, I think it, I think it was a good. You know, obviously uh, this was a good look for them. Now the the one thing on the flip side of that though is. They won't have a bye week, uh, a mini bye every week to get prepared and rededicate themselves and, and, and scout their opponent and scout themselves and do all this. They went from one extreme to the other. They looked really bad on three days rest, and they looked really good on ten days rest. And now let's see how they are on six days or short rest, six days, you know, one game less. And then next week on a regular week. And I think that's when, like I said, I know I'm repeating myself, but that's when we'll get a much better uh, uh, kind of evaluation of where they are. But, yeah, the signs are good. Like I said, it all comes down to one thing. I believe in this coaching staff. It all comes down to what the, will they get the quarterback right, and that's what we still have to find out. And, again, the signs were very good uh, uh, last night. Mark, we appreciate you hanging out with us, as always. Have a great afternoon in this Bears Victory Tuesday, all right? Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. E- afternoon for me, evening for him. That's right. Mark, I saw you, I saw you looking. Very, I, by the way, I'm very sad that, that he, he did bring up a good point. There's not going to be a mini buy every single week. Sure, but it's all about riding the ship. I know. Right? And so, I, you know, you look at this one, you take, you take it for what it is, and you hope that they were able to clean up enough things. And I use another key for I feel like every person, every Bear player re, repeats things that Coach Eberflus says. You, you hear it in other post games. And, and so... I'm going to do that as well and hope that they've made enough adjustments to create a better foundation moving forward. Yeah, when I was driving in here listening to Parkins and Spiegel, they played audio of, and you probably checked this out, or maybe a lot of people have, they played the audio of Ibraflus's speech in the locker room after the game. And he, I was like... Don't you feel like you're a part of the team when you hear those clips? Well, what I, I feel thought, like I'm there. What, what I thought to myself was... This, these are what he's saying to those players is like word for word the things that he has said to us. And that, that's, I think that that's like essential for a coach to do that. And, but not every coach is able to. The messaging, the messaging is 100% consistent. It's consistent with the media. And then obviously there's things that he's going to talk about with the players that he's not going to talk about with us. But to have those two things sound the same, that's another thumbs up for. And you know what? I, I, I'm not going to get crazy about this. Matt, e- Matt Eberflus no, no, no. Oh. Matt, Matt and his staff had a great week. They had a great mini-bye week. They had a great game yesterday. But I am, I am not close to being ready to grade Matt Eberflus as a head coach. Like, things look good. Things look very good. He looks the part. He talks the part. He's very good at the podium and very good with the messaging. And obviously, he's an excellent adjuster in second half. There's a lot of things that you look at that coaches have to have, and he's got them, but it's just too early. For you, you agree with me, you. or are you like, no, 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 no. You're like this no, no, is the no, guy? No, 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 no. For you. Matt Eberflus <laughs> can come to my Thanksgiving dinner. <laughs> he can sit at the head of the table if he wants. Oh, my It's just because man. of listen. As, as a Bear fan, the kind of crap I've had to deal with for the last five years, six years, whether it's from the players, from the coaches, you just have felt crappy as a Bear fan. And to be in the situation where you see a competent coach. Yeah, but did you think the, didn't you think that Nagy was going to be that? Or I don't, I don't know what Something, your take no, no, was no. on Nagy. What, what Nagy, and this is, I'm, not, I don't, I'm not trying to go down the poo-poo Nagy train, but what Nagy 
it was, there was always something there where you were like, dude, are you for real? Like, you just didn't know. You didn't know. You know, like, you, you get a good salesman. Okay. And, and you're like, is this guy for real? So you sniffed it out. I didn't because there was some I was salesmen. It was, sal- it was salesmen. There, there was some. Yeah. Like, at, 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 and, when and it was you, all said and done. Yeah. Absolutely. And you mentioned Ibrahim in the locker room, and when you hear him speak, like you said, in the consistency and and really just preaching a style of football as opposed to coaching up guys in the present. It is more about the whole when it comes to Ibrahim. And so to me, it's just when I get a chance to hear him, when I get a chance to see him, when I when I, and especially I pay attention to the players. Again, repeating things that Iberflus is saying in those in those rooms. Work hard for the guy next to you. If you do your job and the guy's working harder, like all those things that people are like, those are things we have not heard or seen in Chicago in a very long time. So for me, when I see that, I'm like, this guy. Okay, you know what? I am gonna do it. We got a little time. Let's talk about the end of the game, Grody. Okay. Let's talk about the end of the game, and almost that nod of respect. You saw Iberflus give to Belichick, and Belichick tip his cap right back to him, even before the embrace at the end of the game. But just with the fourth quarter kneel downs, and then then them coming out, it was like it was almost like a a gentleman's game of chess, where it was like, okay, you're you're the you're the master, you're the Bill Belichick. I'm the I'm the air quote, air quote student. I I bested you this one, but I'm not gonna gloat. I'm not gonna you know sh- throw it in your face. I'm gonna accept this victory. And then he on the other side is just tipping his cap, saying, hey. You're pretty good. Good job. Good job over there, Coach Eberflus. Did you not get that same vibe? No, no, I'm not buying all that. I I think it's just sportsmanship. I mean, I think that that's just. So you're telling me that I, if it I'm was some other unknown coach, I think Belichick. If you were to ask him who are the top five coaches in the league, he would now put Coach Eberflus in that, whoa, in that category. Whoa, whoa! I'm saying him. I'm game. saying him. Him. Belichick, you're saying Belichick would put Eberflus. In the top five coaches in the NFL. All right, let right me now. remove the number from there, and okay. let me just say top coaches uh, top in the NFL. Coaches. I, I think mean, he, he, I think he be... would look at him and say, "I like what he did. I like his game plan. I like how he executed. I like he had, how he had his team prepared. I like how he beat me." And I think he would. Uh, there's a level uh, of respect. I, I, there. I think that you're probably right. Yeah. There's probably a level of respect. I don't know that he thinks of Matt Eberflus all of a sudden as a rookie did you hear the head eight coach. Minute? Did you hear the eight is minute? one of the best coaches in the NFL? Come on, man. Or headed in that direction? Headed in that direction. Absolutely. I think, I, I think he thinks highly of him, and that's why I say those. There things. are really good signs for Matt Eberflus early on but to already be labeling him and saying whether he's good or bad or even average i think is a little bit crazy i i, I just said bears i bears. just said Thank you. he had <laughs> he had a good game yeah he had a hell of a week and a hell of a game did matt eberflus does it mean that now he's a great coach going forward i i don't know but i'm skeptical you have bears you have too much you have too many years of bears pessimism well, well isn't that just logical pessimism I mean, it's uh, how many games did they play? Seven, seven uh-huh. games. Three and four. And and you want to value, give a grade on a head coach? Yes. Seven games into yes. his rookie want, year. Yes. I can't. Do I want to be able to say. I want to be able to to look at my Bears team from the very. Uh, listen, as a Bear fan, you can look at your coach and your team and and, and and evaluate them in real time. If we're able to do that to Justin Fields, we should be able to do that to Matt Eberflus. And given what he has, the Bears. If you were talking. Based on every expert in the in the around the country, the Bears should be 0 and 7 at this point, right? You've, you've beaten the Niners, you've you've beaten the Texans, you've beaten now the New England Patriots, which for your three, and you've had, you've been in these other games, and so you could say, man, you know what? I like you. 
I want you to be around for a long time because I like the direction that you and the, and the way you guys, the way you have these guys playing. Right uh, hey, if we, if we would have evaluated Matt Nagy after seven games, what were the Bears like? He'd have a ten-year contract. And, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, and a lot of people were. I, my, and so maybe I have sure. been. Maybe it is trauma. From, I still have from a club dub T-shirt. Reading. I still have a club dub T-shirt in my what is, what is it with a disco ball. Oh, that's so. great. Club dub was awesome. There's awesome. nothing wrong with club dub. You that know, was terrific. You know what else is awesome? Us. Gabe Ramirez, Mark Grody. Yeah. We are here at the Miller Lite Top Draft Show at Kenny's Irish Pub in Countryside, 917 West 55th Street. Make sure you guys come out. We're going to be here till 9 o'clock, so a lot of time for you to stop by and get that Miller Lite. But more Bears discussion on the other side. Bears got a, cup, a tough couple of games coming up. Dallas and Miami. We'll discuss those and see how the Bears can game plan to win those two. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing. However you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launcher online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast we get it attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on netflix but what do people do with their ears well for one they're listening to audio americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day oh and you want the proof well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Games. We'll do that on the other side. It's Gabe Ramirez, Mark Grody at the Miller Lite Top Draft Show here on Chicago Sports Radio. 670 to score. Go Bears! 
Let's get back to the Scores Miller Lite Top Draft Show, live from Kenny's Irish Pub and Countryside with Gabe Ramirez and Mark Grody. Brought to you by Miller Lite. It's Miller time on Sports Radio 670 The Score, always live on the free Odyssey app. Just the efficiency of it. You know, of course it matters how you get it done, but, you know, it's it's getting it done. So that's that's important when he utilizes his legs when, when he needed to, and we thought he executed well on third down, and the numbers show that. Coach Eberflus talking about Justin Fields. The efficiency on third down, 11 for 18 the Bears were against the New England Patriots on Monday. Something that we're not necessarily used to. Not only the third down conversion rate, but a victory nonetheless on some primetime football. I feel like the city of Chicago was more productive today. You know, I'm sure if they could put a metric on productivity, it'd probably be like 18% more productive. And, I, and more willing, just more willing to be a nice person. It's like if you if you if you needed a day off, today was the day to ask. You go into your boss's office. Hey, man, a couple weeks from now, I got. How about them bears? Yeah. Oh, I feel like that. That's your opener. Oh, oh, oh Justin Fields, isn't it crazy? Hey, by the way, um, Tuesday, I got to take, hey, hey, take the, this day off. The crazy part is, is that's the conversation whether they suck, yeah. mediocre, yeah. or God, uh, the bears Fields. suck. Re- really, I mean, let's be honest here. What do you think stimulates more conversations? The bears were great, or the bears suck? Because yeah. there's a there's a loathsome thing that goes on sometimes with sports fans and bears fans, where it's sometimes you need that interpersonal therapy to talk through whatever's going down but i i we were just talking about this during the break and like i don't know if i'm supposed to check myself and i think I, we have to and i did as it pertains to matt eberflus because i said like it's, it's ridiculous to evaluate matt eberflus at this point good or bad as a head coach he had a great week and he had a great game but in the case of justin fields now is it right to say, did he actually take a step forward? Is this something that can be repeated consistently? Is this possibly Justin Fields going forward? And I'd be probably naive to just hit the yes button and say, yeah, that's that's what it's going to look like. And the reason I say that is because we've seen a lot of the, the tough times with Justin. They have been mostly tough times adjusted is everything just all of a sudden magically figured out because he had a a dangerous game where again it's fair to keep bringing up too that the numbers don't jump he did not even have 200 yards passing but he did have 82 yards rushing and he did have a touchdown and he had a terrific sidearm throw to Khalil Herbert with the defense bringing heat on him there were too many things that pass on third down to Cole Komet was ridiculous heat of the game so am I racing out too far and actually saying that this was a productive game and now he is better now he's a better quarterback yeah because well, it feels like it I, I mean I mean it felt real what he did that game plan felt real yeah and then the reality is this right I mean Mike Florio talked about it there are a ton of teams that are in that window of six and eleven and eleven and six Right, and depending on how the ball bounces is going to determine on what side of the spectrum you're going to be on. And I think that, not that the Bears are one of those teams that can't be 11-6, and six, but when you're looking at the offense and whether it's, it, it, it has the ability to be duplicated week in and week out, because they are that kind of team, the potential is there to execute a game plan that well again. Not week in and week out, because that's not where the Bears are at yet. The Bears are at a place where 
if they are well coached and you know everything needs to have everything needs to be executed perfectly in order for them to win a game like this and so granted it's not going to happen but there are going to be some moments where justin fields you know throws more than one pick or Khalil herbert fumbles the ball or the defense doesn't get those third down stops and and gives up some scores on some big plays like you know those things are going to happen but it's good to know that it's possible it's good to know that in a year like this where the bears are you know supposedly rebuilding that they can still put together a game that you can point to and say they are headed in the right direction and i think that was the the main comment when you're looking at justin fields when you're looking at evaluating coach Eberflus are they headed in the right direction i think unequivocally you could say yes because of what the ceiling looks like or what a perfect game so to speak looks like i also think that one of the reasons that i am ready to say that that's legitimate progress is because what he was doing last night did not feel flukish you're talking about justin fields justin fields specifically yeah what he did last night didn't feel flukish there wasn't a bunch of trick plays it was Let's let this guy use his God-given yes. skill. The, oh, this guy's better than all of you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Here's the skills that made this guy number one quarterback at Ohio State. Here's the guy who has the skill of a first-round pick, number eleven to the Bears. He, here's here's a reminder why. So that's why I am allowing it to. If there were weird things that went on in that game with the offense last night and it didn't seem sustainable then then i'd be a little bit skeptical but what he did last night seemed wholly sustainable yeah like really sustainable like and so that's why i am i i cannot wait to for the dallas game to see how dallas counters because as Eberflu said that's all on tape now and you're not going to be able to probably get away with every single scheme that you sure. did or style of run play as you did in this game. But you can still get away with a lot of it. That, I mean, and that's assuming that Justin Fields truly is good at this. But your point about the rest of the team was great, too, because that's where I get ahead of myself. It's not like all of a sudden the Bears magically now have another wide receiver of consequence <laughs> on that. It was nice to yeah. see Nikhil Harry get a catch, catch, there, yeah. catch a ball. It was good. You know, it seemed like a lot of guys got involved in the game and using Cole Komet for a few big catches in the game. But no, guess what? That job opening still exists. It's there. Weapon, game-changing weapon on the offense still does not exist. It hasn't even been Darnell Mooney, quite frankly. And as you mentioned, Justin Fields moving the ball around, targeting seven different guys. That's great. And that's what you want, right? And obviously a little top-heavy with Equinemius and Darnell getting seven and six targets, respectively. But again, the ability to move the ball around for Justin Fields. But we talk about progress, Grody, and it's not just on the offensive side of the ball. I know we harp on that a lot, talking about the progress of Justin Fields, of the wide receiver group. But it goes to the defensive defense as well. The Bears were known to be a revolving door when it came to the run game. And for them to stop Ramon J. Stevenson yesterday, only giving up 39 yards. Granted, Mac Jones had a couple of good scrambles. But if you would have said that the Bears were going to hold Ramon J. Stevenson to 39 yards, you would have bet the over on that. 100%. I mean, I just I thought Bill Belichick was just going to have a field day in this one. I thought it was going to be like the the game last year against Buffalo. Do you remember the Buffalo with, with, when uh, their backup came in and yeah. destroyed the Bears? Yeah. Well, he, and he just ran the ball like the whole like there was like four passes in the by the entire the entire time. <laughs> I thought maybe that's like there was going to be Bill Belichick running like crazy 
for the Bears, and that that did not happen. By the way, I I have uh, been meaning to get to this uh, this text here, okay? Because uh, somebody wanted to know. Please address the ejection from last night. Didn't think it was a cheap shot, and we're talking about Mike Pinnell. Yeah, Mike P. Yeah, Mike P. Who was what are they? What's the exact terminology? Not it's not a, disqualified. Yes. He was disqualified for the hit that who was the guy that he hit? I don't remember. It was the offensive lineman. Yeah, and he just it was it was a vicious hit, but it turned out to be unsportsmanlike conduct because it was a blindside hit. I think it was also because of the extension of the arms. If he would have just kind of got in his way and hit him, but listen, when you're when you're a defender and the turnover happens. You're, you're licking your chops because you finally get a chance to hit some of these guys. And so in that particular instance, I mean, it was a bad hit. It looked bad. You know, it did he, look he bad. He knew what he was doing. Real it quiet, did he talked bad. about He said, when I got the interception, I saw Mike P hit the guy, <laughs> and I just ran out of bounds yeah. because I knew there was going to be a flag. Yeah, I don't know if he had intentions, but, man. It was it, the extension. We, we, Mark, you've watched enough football. You know what that, you know what that play is. Yeah. It is. Ah, I get to hit you as hard as I can, and you, you know don't what? even know I'm here. Uh, that's well said, very well said. It, it, and watching the replay like in real time, I guess I wasn't feeling it. But then when you see the replay, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it, it is, and and I don't know. You know, Pennell didn't really put up too big of a fight. I think it had to be. I think it was the right call. Yeah, it was the right call. I think you you also want to get control of the game in that instance. You don't want it to get out of hand. You don't want there to be any sort of retaliation. So yes. I think it was it was the right call. Uh, you heard Coach Eberflus talk about it as well, just saying, "Hey, man, that's not that's not who we are." Uh, but who we are? Gabe Ramirez, Mark Grody, broadcasting live from the Miller Light Top Draft Show. We're gonna be out here a bunch of Tuesdays, man. Make sure you guys check the schedules. Be listening to the score. They'll let you know when we're gonna be out and about in the Chicagoland area. But today. We are at Kenny's Irish Pub out in Countryside, 917 West 55th Street. It's a really good crowd out here enjoying the Bears Victory Tuesday. Got Andres over there. We got, okay, I see everybody out here, you know, doing the thing. See, you say a couple Bears victories, and then oh, people get excited absolutely. about that. Absolutely, It's the best time to be out and about. Um, but we're, we are talking about the Bears and, and this decisive victory, 33-14 over the Patriots. They came out fast. And, Mark, something we've been talking about is the Bears have had the ability of moving the ball between the 20s, but just struggling in the red zone, and you saw the exact opposite uh, yesterday's game against the Patriots. Yeah, and they they weren't perfect in it, and they did have to settle for field goals, but something about it felt okay and better because we the way the Bears were getting the ball – into the red zone there is something again more legitimate about it so i still think it's an area that's going to be tightened up for sure but it, it got better it, it definitely got better and and per our conversation earlier yeah right now i trust matt eberflus i trust this coaching staff that that's an adjustment that they'll be able to make you know what i mean they talk about adjustments and things that we can look at and say, yeah, they, they, they did something differently. Yeah, I, I trust that they can keep, not only did it get better, now, now let's see it get good. Let's see it get good now. And that's exactly yeah. what we're going to be hoping for. As the Bears take on the Dallas Cowboys on Sunday, I'll be there my family road trip. Really? 14 of us. Oh, my going God. Going to Dallas. So I'll be in Deep Ellum hanging out. Just a bunch of Ramirez's 
some friends, family, a little bit of everything. So, so you guys do like a road hard. trip every year? Every year. We went to Pittsburgh last year for uh, the Monday night game. Oh, that's right. We've, that's been right. To, we've been to a bunch, man. But we, it started off with like a small group. And then, you know, more and more people just need that, that getaway, that weekend getaway from life. Is this just like a mass email that goes out, hey, get Ramirez's if you're interested. <laughs> people We're know. going to Dallas it's, this it's, year. If you know, you know. Yeah. That's one of those things. If you, you know, if you know, you know. If you didn't get the invite, you know, you you know, you know. what's going on. All right. And if you know anything about the Chicago Bears, you know one of the, one of the most difficult critics, but a realist nonetheless outside of Mark Grody, is our guy Anthony Heron. He is going to be joining us, and we're going to hear what he thinks because he texted us. And said, "Hey, man, I, got, I need I need to talk about some more bears." I love that. So, so he's got something very specific on his mind. Obviously, what is firing up Anthony Heron? We'll find out on the other side. It's the Miller Lite Top Draft Show live from Kenny's Irish Pub in the countryside for Gabe Ramirez, Mark Rody. We'll be back after this. Let's get back to the scores. Miller Lite Top Draft Show live from Kenny's Irish Pub in Countryside with Gabe Ramirez and Mark Grody. Brought to you by Miller Lite. It's Miller time on Sports Radio 670. The score always live on the free Odyssey app. The Miller Lite is flowing. The cheers are continuing from the Bears' victory over the New England Patriots, 33. Man, see, bear down. Bears, Bears. Oh. There we go. That's all I wanted. Oh yeah, got to get the people going. Oh, absolutely. No, Talk this is a, they want to hear. This is a terrific. This Tuesday night, man. It's raining in Chicago it's on a Tuesday in October. There are this place is hopping. I love it. Um, you got to show a little love to this defense again, man. Giving up only 14 points. I mean, that's impressive. You're talking about the NFL, like you mentioned earlier. That is based on scoring points like they don't they're not they're not out here to help the defense at all and the bears giving up 14 to new england and two just quick plays from bailey zappy what did you think about his performance the western kentucky alum <laughs> coming out and and, and and just stepping up in that in that moment and, and giving them some life i was frightened for the rest of the evening for the bears sake i thought, thought it was gonna be like 49 i just thought <laughs> that there, I, I, I never I, I kind of was buying into what Patriots fans are buying into is, oh, this is Bill Belichick, and this is going to be the next Tom Brady. It's Bailey Zappi. That's it's the exactly same story. what I was thinking. I was like, oh, my God, they're so lucky. Oh, and, and that storybook was just unfolding before our eyes. Yeah. Like, I don't, I, never, I don't know if it was going to be sustainable, but I thought, okay, this is what we're dealing with. And it was the way he began the game, it was pretty impressive. I mean, and I thought that that was – and it was, it was Justin Fields – who ripped that narrative away Good. from Monday Night Football? It wasn't it? God bless them. It wasn't the defense. It was a hundred percent from their perspective. Like if we were doing the game, maybe we would look at it differently. But Justin Fields, it was like three series too long before they were like, "Oh, this is the Justin Fields game tonight, oh, wait. not the Bailey Zappi game." Sorry. Yeah, Bailey Zappi, not that dude. Uh, okay, we understand now. Uh, let's get let's hear from Ant Heron and what he had to say about Bailey Zappi in that moment as well. Joining us right now on the Circuit Resort and Casino Hotline, Circuit Resort and Casino, the world's largest sportsbook in Vegas. Ant, what's up, man? How are you? Uh, were you as shocked as everyone else with this outcome, or did you have a little Homer Hart beating loudly, thinking that the Bears could pull this one off? Gabriel Groats, I would say. I don't know that I, I wouldn't use the word shocked. Like I, I thought it was going to be a, a close competitive game because that's how every game has been this season, even with the Minnesota Vikings, you know, beginning to pull away and the Bears clawed their way back into that one. 
in what ended up being probably one of their worst performances of the season. They really could have, and you, you could make the case should have beaten the Vikings with the way the second half of that game went. But uh, so I, I thought it would I thought it would be a competitive game. I didn't think they'd win because in the I talked about this on the pregame show last night with Mully and Patrick Manley that. I, I was in believe it when I see it mode, and I talked to you about this uh, multiple times, Gabe, on, on our Bears Unleashed show on Fridays with, with Cassie, that I'm, I'm in believe it when I see it mode as it relates to touchdowns. You know, and one of those things that, that folks didn't, didn't appreciate, didn't, I guess, recognize or give credence to was the way the Bears have begun moving the ball lately, and especially in that game against Washington where it was, it was the most sustained offense that the Bears had had up to that point in the season and so you come out of that game you see the pounding the beating that Justin Fields took on Thursday night football and you know his passing game was erratic at times but there there were big plays that got made during that game and there were points where drives got sustained and there was some variety to the pocket movement and all that but then they just weren't finishing once they would get inside the 20 inside the 10 inside the five the dearth of of real touchdown scorers playmakers that's where it showed up but you know we all know we watched it we've discussed it in the time since then over and over again they drove the ball into scoring territory and then just didn't have a touchdown score to get the ball in the end zone so I thought there was a good chance they moved the ball on New England but in my assumption that the Patriots would find a way to put some points on the board then what would be the response from the Bears when they move the ball who are you giving it to in the red zone? Is your run game able to make that happen? Do you have somebody you can throw a fade route to? Are you able to create space when you get there via scheme or create a matchup with a dude down there? And the Bears hadn't shown that they could do that. So last night was the most effective that the Bears have been in a variety of ways, but certainly when you're talking red zone offense, putting touchdowns on the board, that, that's where the Bears took a big step forward, and you could tell it was a big focal point over the 11 days between games. The designed run plays, Big Ant, for Justin Fields, is that, does that permanently change the script for Justin Fields? Have they finally said, look, we gotta, we got to try some things differently with Justin Fields, and it starts with his legs? I, I, think, I think it might, yes. And, and what the, the observation that, that I've been, I suppose, reminding people about or trying to alert people to since Justin Fields first got drafted is that he is certainly one of the most mobile and athletic quarterbacks in football. They had that as soon as they, as the previous regime drafted him. He is different, though. Stylistically, he's different than Lamar Jackson. He's different than Kyler Murray. There are certain guys who, who look for opportunities to improvise, who specialize in improvisation. That's not necessarily Justin Fields' wheelhouse. That's not where he's most comfortable. He's really most comfortable within the framework of the play. Like he, he wants to run the plays as they're designed, as scripted. He does have the ability to improvise, to go beyond the X's and O's of a play. And so to call him into movement is, is where he can be more effective, where you, you can allow him, you can unlock his mobility without counting on some sort of scramble drill to be where that happens at. And last night was obviously the most effective and most consistent that Luke Getzey and the Bears offense have been with that. And Justin Fields even spoke about it after the game, obviously, just with his comfort with that, his excitement about it. And what that can end up doing, I was saying this to, to Lawrence and Dan earlier today, 
that can end up unlocking coverage opportunities for you because you think about one of the ways that Lamar Jackson, who's been a very effective passer in addition to his explosive running ability in that Ravens offense, but you can now dictate coverage terms to the opponent when they have to occupy the box. When you bring an additional defensive back towards the line of scrimmage, when certain run schemes that you utilize now draw the eyes of the coverage because of your the jet sweep action or when you do kind of that, that little half movement, half roll, waggle kind of look that can be a part of the offense where they think maybe you're going to take off and run when actually you're just setting up a different angle for a pass play within the route tree. So there's a lot the Bears can do now playing off of that because they've shown they're willing to run Justin Fields frequently. I, I think on the whole, him being in that 12 to 15 carry range, I don't think you want that to be a per-game average. But just to let folks know you're willing to do it, and not only is it something that will certainly continue to enhance the Bears' run game, but I do think it'll give them now an opportunity if they continue to have this be a permanent piece of the offense to unlock some passing game opportunities as well. We're talking to Anthony Heron right here on 670 to score. I'm Gabe Ramirez along with Mark Grody. It's the Miller Lite Top Draft Show. We're broadcasting live till 9 o'clock right here at Kenny's Irish Pub in Countryside. Got a big yeah. crew out here. There we go. You guys. Go ahead and turn hey. up. Somebody about Let's Gabe. Go. Go. Thank you, <laughs> you know I'm, You know I'm ready for that afterwards, Ant. Um, <laughs> let's talk about this defense, Ant, because the Bears have done such a good job adjusting at halftime. You know, allowing a score in both the Minnesota Vikings game and the Washington Commanders game. But outside of that, Bears has been doing a great job in the second half, shutting out the Patriots on Monday. What, what did you think of the, of the collective effort of that group of guys uh, and making those adjustments in the second half? Yeah, we're seeing multiple games in a row now where, where the Bears ha- have been able to, to be pretty effective against the run throughout. You know, they, <clears throat> they, were, they were one of the worst run defenses in football for the bulk of the season here. And we've seen now a couple of games in a row because they, they did just like evaluating the film, the line of scrimmage. Even Minnesota pushed them around, even though the overall rushing yardage wasn't huge in the game for the Vikings. But Washington and New England, the Bears were able to, to combat them on the line of scrimmage. And especially for teams who had young, talented running backs who want to run the football with the way their offenses operate. And both, I'm sure, came into the game against the Bears, what had been a porous run defense, and were licking their chops, thinking they'd be able to take advantage of it. Two things have been going on here the last couple of games. One, the Bears have more effectively hit blocks up front. When you have a small, nimble, you know, mobile defensive front, then part of the thing you want to do is get them on the move. And we saw the Bears using it in several weeks. We've seen them using a lot of movement stunts, both in pass downs and on some rundowns, but in addition to just getting them on the move and having some synchronized penetration that the linebackers can fit off of effectively, but in addition to that, the Bears' offense sustaining drives is a huge part of what's aided their defense because now you can take the field with more energy. Now you're just playing less snaps, period. And so when the opponent is the one who's not sustaining drives and your offense takes the field, you know, I think it was against Washington. They ran like 16 more plays. And then last night they ran 20-something more plays than New England. That's what opponents have normally been doing to the Bears over the last few years where the opponent is the one with a 15, 20, 30-snap advantage in total plays in the game. Now the last couple of weeks we're seeing 
the Bears' offense mounting drives, just drive after drive over and over again, and the way that can compile throughout a night, now the Bears' defense is able to be more effective when they take the field, but then just not be at risk at, as frequently. And I think, too, you know, we've all talked about Roquan Smith a good bit this season. He's playing at an extremely high level, guys. And, you know, I, I, is he the best player in football? Is he the best defensive player in football? No, I don't believe he's that. We, we might see that this coming weekend when they go to Dallas. That might be Micah Parsons, even specifically to the defense. Maybe you make the case Micah Parsons is in that discussion of the best player in football in general. So I don't, that's not Roquan. But Roquan Smith is in, in an elite class of football player. You know, so I think you know, the, the discussion has kind of turned into where it's basically Justin Fields and Roquan Smith. Those are especially Justin Fields, but even Roquan is kind of like this, this weekly referendum or almost sometimes like a drive-by-drive referendum where you know, anytime the opposing offense mounts a drive, then Twitter lights up about Roquan Smith and how he's not worth this and how he's not good at that. I'm just like, man, it's, I don't. I think it's kind of the LeBron James effect where we got so accustomed to every shot LeBron James took becoming a referendum on his greatness, and well, now just so many sports discussions turned into that. Big Ant, I, I got I to gotta jump in here, though. It, Roquan's done this to himself. I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe you can acknowledge it. I mean, both things could be true. He, he put himself under this microscope by, and, and in a positive way, quite frankly. He's betting on himself. I think mm-hmm. fans appreciate that. But since he has done that, it wants to be paid like the elite of the elites, like the top linebacker in football, of course it's going to put a microscope on him. And quite frankly, in the years previous, fans were giving him the benefit of the, like cases every week. Why isn't this guy all pro? Why isn't he in the Pro Bowl? I, like People have campaigned for this guy for the first part of his career. This is the first time that I've noticed people being critical, and he did it to himself, didn't he? Well, I do agree. This is the, the first extended time people have been critical. I don't, I don't necessarily the, – the version of criticism I'm talking about is essentially people acting like Roquan Smith is trash. You know, I mean, yeah. I, I okay. think it's one thing which, to say which that – Which is trash in well, itself. Absolutely. You know, I, I yeah. think it's one thing to, no to, to lay out what I laid out that I don't believe Roquan Smith is the most elite defender in football. Like, if there's anyone who's going to be on the football field next Sunday or this Sunday in Dallas who looks like they should be – who like should set a record for a defensive player in NFL history with their next contract? I think it's more so Micah Parsons who who makes that case with his performance than Roquan. I think you can acknowledge that without acting like Roquan Smith is a terrible football player, and that that's what I feel like. I, I hear a bit of that. I certainly see a lot of that. And, and Twitter is Twitter. Twitter is going to be a grease fire at times anyway. But I'm saying there, there's, I think there's limited nuance to the Roquan discussion at this point where the Bears lose and yeah he had 11 tackles but so what because he didn't have three sacks he only had one sack or hey oh how about that tight end who caught a pass on him that one time it's just Roquan is an elite level football player I think it can be acknowledged that he's spectacular and also he's not the greatest defensive football player in NFL history he's not the greatest defensive football player in the NFL right now but he's in an elite class and I just I feel like there's there's not a discussion about man he's awesome, but I, I don't I don't necessarily think he's you know he's worthy of being the highest paid defensive player ever. I think that can be said without acting like he's not good at football because he's been one of the great Bears defenders that we've seen in this generation. 
It's a good reminder, man. It, it really is. Is that what you wanted to get off your chest? Because quite frankly, and I'm glad it went down this way, you called us. We didn't call you. And, and we right. couldn't yeah. feel more I, I need to talk we, about something. Yeah, we, we couldn't feel more blessed to have you on the show. But what did you want to get off your chest, man? Uh, I would, I'll say this. I, before, uh, before I go put, put the five-year-old to bed, I think when I'm talking about nuance with Roquan, I, I also believe nuance with the quarterback matters too because I and you know I haven't gotten to listen to the, the early part of the show here tonight been been spending time with the fam but you missed I would out say on a great show Anthony Heron let me tell I, you I'm something. sure it has been and, and I hear the atmosphere in the background folks are obviously enjoying it and eating it up uh, and drinking it up I'm sure uh, but I think that because the Bears won now there's of course as tends to be the case in sports conversation this dramatic shift in, in Justin Fields' convo, where, where now it's, you know, there, there's a lot of momentum about where, yeah. you know, he looks like the franchise guy and the team has to build around him. And I, I think all that is great. But in reality, Justin Fields himself didn't play a lot better than he's been playing for several games at this point. Like, you know, you, you look at the, yeah, but we saw the New York game. He wasn't doing those design runs, man. Like, some of that stuff, like, we've seen that, but not in an organized fashion. Right. Not, yeah, not the, because it was but, but my point growth, my point growth is that the designed runs are, a, are an offensive wrinkle that Luke Getze calls. My point is specific to Justin Fields' execution of the Bears' offense, his game hasn't take some, didn't take some great leaps and bounds jump from his execution of the position last night versus what he individually did against New York, against Minnesota, even against Washington. Now, Washington was probably his third, you know, his, his least effective game of those three that I referenced there. So I would say, like, last night, Justin Fields played better than the other three most recent games I referenced there, but not a lot. And I'm, I'm just I'm wanting some some context, some nuance to the way that that and I know not everybody's going to break it down with the detail that that I do, that we do or anything else. But you think about like I, I put a tweet out just with some of the what ifs for for plays that Justin Fields was in a in a position to make that either receivers are dropping passes or punts are getting muffed or protections breaking down. He needs to continue getting better to become a great football player. But when the Bears lose the game, when they had an opportunity to win it with a Darnell Mooney fade that he bobbled or a, a punt that gets muffed or Dante Pettis, you know, treating the football like a volleyball for a couple of weeks in a row, there's, there's factors like that that I, I think need to continue to be considered just in the, the evaluation of, of where Justin Fields is at. So, yes, the QB run offensive wrinkle is nice. It's helpful. It's beneficial. But – you know, if receivers aren't separating and he tucks the ball and runs it, last night it was cool because it yeah. worked and he ran for 20 yards and the Bears ended up blowing out the Patriots. But it, his actual performance, just if, if you're grading the one out of 11 on the field of Justin Fields himself, he's been playing well for weeks and he's getting better methodically, systematically. His game is improving, but he didn't suddenly become a superhero last night. He's playing at the same level he had already been, very similar level to what he had been doing for weeks prior to this. And we always love talking to you, man. Thanks for jumping on with us right before you take care of the five-year-old. We hope Hope gets to sleep well tonight, all right? No doubt, fellas. Keep up the great work. Just tuck him, tuck him in with a, with a Justin Fields jersey, and then he'll be feeling all right. <laughs> all right, Anthony Heron right here on 670 The Score joining us. I'm Gabe Ramirez. He's Mark Grody. This is the Miller Lite Top Draft Show. We are broadcasting live from Kenny's Irish Pub. What's um, up, Kenny? What's up, guys? 
And on the other side, we get an opportunity to talk about another Chicago team that pulled out a victory yesterday. Of course, it is the Chicago Bulls. We'll do that on the other side. It's Chicago Sports Radio, 670 to score. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.